0: Here's the deal. You're never going to be ready. You might want to plan and prepare and wait until conditions are perfect. But at some point, you've just got to say, fuck it, I'm going for it anyway. And that's what we're talking about today.
1: The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business,
0: we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails.
1: What I love is that our cocktail today is a shot because I'm not a person that does shots, um, but sometimes shots are like, ah, oh, fuck it. oh, fuck it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we both used to be people who did, who did shots, right?
1: No, even in college, it was mm, rare. I had to be pretty pretty excited to do a shot. Well, I'm going to say I was always the girl that got my girlfriend's shots of water for their 21st birthday because I was like, oh, here, pretend it's vodka, you know, and then I was babysitting. But yeah.
0: Dear listeners, Karen is the responsible one. If you ever need a designated driver, give her a call. (laughs) (laughs) But this one, um, this is cool. It's called the birthday cake shot, which is very poignant because this is our third birthday. Our first episode was July of 2017. So here we are. We're three. All right. So thank you guys for supporting us. We really do appreciate every one of our listeners and the fact that you've given us just enough juice to think we should keep going. Now, grab a shot glass and pretend we're all together at a lovely outdoor park, right?
1: And just realize that it's legal because in dog years, we're 21.
0: (laughs) That's right. And this one, this shot is American Fifth Vodka and Frangelico, and it's rimmed with sugar and garnished with a lime wedge. So it's super cute. You should check it out.
1: It's the birthday cake shot.
0: Oh my goodness. So fuck it. We're going for it anyway. Have you ever felt that way, Karen?
1: Yeah, a hundred times for sure. Not all the time. Sometimes I have to hold myself back, but yeah, absolutely. How about you?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think my MO is, I think of some, something I want or some idea and I tell myself, no, 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 not practical. No, 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 not fuck it. I'm just going to do it. And so I definitely have that arc of getting to, let's just go.
1: Yeah. So give me some examples.
0: I think I have three. The first, of course, when I started Redhead, which was not well prepared, um, born out of, you know, a little bit of frustration or stubbornness. Of course, that first big hire is always one when you're a small business or a small operation, when you're hiring somebody who's talented and expensive. And that seems really scary. And if, and then the one you know at home is the deciding to get pregnant. I remember very clearly John and I sitting in the car. We'd been married for probably 5 years and I said I think it's time to have a baby and he said we are not ready. Our savings account is not ready. We have too many other things going on and I was like we're never
1: going to be ready
0: because my clock was ticking.
1: It's funny because my mom used to say, toss your hat over the fence and figure out how you're going to get it later. And that was her Southern version of saying F it. And so my examples are like, I remember as a young professional um, doing so much work on what then was such video, which is render now. And I remember this conversation between me and my former business partner about, I could buy in and get um, you know, a certain percentage, which was under 50%. And I remember how hard I worked to say, if it's, I'm already doing a full partner's worth of work. If it's not 50%, I don't, I'm not going to buy in. And that felt like the most courageous conversation I'd ever had to date, but it, it panned out. And, but asking for partnership was huge. Building a house, um, we built a house that we knew we wanted to build for our family at a time where I was traveling for eight weeks and I did it all, um, as I was traveling without internet, it was like cell phones and I would (laughs) send spreadsheets back and forth via email. Um, and then after, um, and then I think really my last one is knowing after having a, a beautiful child and a couple of missed pregnancies, those miscarriages were so hard that i finally said that this is our final go at pregnancy if this doesn't work we're done and it and it happened that felt really courageous and gosh it panned out pretty good i'm sure there are other times where i said fuck it but and it didn't pan out but those are the ones that i'm feeling like it was worth it it was absolutely worth it
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's maybe skipping to the end a little bit. We'll talk about this, but just going for it is worth it, right? Mm -hmm. It's just. But my question then, before we get to sort of the end is, what is it that makes us have to get to that point to say, who cares? I'm just going to do it. Why is it that kind of flow?
1: I think the thing that would stand in the way would be fear, right? Right fear of failure, fear of looking bad, and the fear
0: of what's going to happen or am I going to fail or will I dig myself a pit that I can't get out of. So that overcoming fear and having the confidence that it's going to be okay, I think is a hurdle that almost every one of us have. And we come by it fairly because our parents, you know, raise us to not die. So, oh, be careful. Look before you jump is, is something we learn. And we, 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 internalize. So we, uh, I think we are taught and we grow up understanding that first we should assess the situation and see if it's safe before we take that jump.
1: Yeah. That's our reptilian brain, right?
0: Yeah. Right. For sure.
1: So, but, but you said confidence. I'm not sure that in all those situations, at least speaking for myself, that I had confidence when I was like, I'll go for it. It was like, "Eh, I'm going to say yes and go for it and figure out the rest later. I'm not sure all of it was born out of confidence.
0: The hesitation is a lack of confidence. When you lack the confidence, you get to the point where you have to say, saying, fuck it, I'm going to go for it anyway, means that you have been held back by all the barriers for quite some time. And despite all the barriers and despite the lack of confidence and despite the impractical nature of what might happen if you go forward, you say, who cares? And I'm going
1: to do it. Yeah. Let's talk about barriers for just a second. Talk like bullet point me the barriers.
0: Um, cultural norms and expectations. What will people think? Yeah. That's one of them.
1: Yeah. And then also, what will you look like when you fall on your face?
0: Right. What if I can't afford it and I end up in the poorhouse?
1: Absolutely.
0: What if I try to get pregnant and it doesn't work and I'm sad and I'm mourning and filled with grief?
1: And also when I do fall on my face, how would I ever recover from that? Right. And what will people think of me?
0: Do you think that that we have all those fears because we don't tell enough of the stories of what happens after? So is it because nobody has, has opened up about... What the after feels like when you fail or when you succeed?
1: Yeah, I think there's plenty of success and hopeful stories out there that we can all grab onto. But I do feel like stories of failure or the stories of how it feels like being in the bottom of the pit right before you succeed, because it's way easier when you're after you've wrung your hands and you're on top of the hill, right? Or on top of the roller coaster bit it's way easier to tell how that feels than how it feels when you're not sleeping and you're wringing your hands and you're um, uh, having those quiet pillow talk moments or you're um, worried about payroll. (laughs) you're like, all those things are like, that's, those are not provocative stories. Those are shitty stories. No,
0: but the interesting thing is those are stories we all share, right? And, you know, when we concepted this episode, we were really talking about We were thinking about taking a big chance in business, um, what happens when you decide to make a change and all the things that we struggle with. I think the two of us struggle with regularly, but um, I can't help but compare it to what's happening right now in culture where lots of people who have been suppressed and hurt and beaten and murdered have tried to live by the system and right now, we're watching culture saying, fuck it, I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm going to stop playing by the rules and I'm going to make this change. And I think what that says to me is that we all have somewhere in our, in our gut that fear and the hand wringing and the pillow talk about what's not right or what's scary or what should change. But the thought of changing it is so insurmountable that it takes some time. And at some point you just reach a tipping point, right? And that can make great cultural change, which is what we're hoping to see right now. Or it can be a great personal journey or it can make you grow your business. And so this moment is about when you reach that tipping point. So how do you do it? How do you get to that tipping point?
1: So I think that's a lot to unpack, Jen. I cannot speak to the cultural issues that you mentioned because I cannot identify in real time how that feels. But I do know that, like the saying that well-behaved women never made a difference. Yes. Like that saying that I, that I I personally identify with. I think that riots are always started by people who don't feel like they're being listened to and that we don't get to say how their voices get heard whether that's appropriate or not. So first of all, I don't, I can't say a how to on that matter, but I do think it's about mindset and going for it, right? That's kind of what we're talking about. There are times where you have autonomy and you do not have autonomy and what what the risk associated with that autonomy is. But I think that you have to weigh the risks on whether what you want, whether it's for yourself or for the culture or your community, whether that's worth it, whether what's worth it is greater than yourself?
0: You know, it's easy for us to talk about it from a place of autonomy. Since we are both business owners, we are relatively privileged, or we are exceptionally privileged, depending on how you look at it. Um, We have the ability to make a lot of choices. So the only thing that stands in our way is mindset, the fear of repercussion or pain or difficulty. So really, when you're in a position like karen or jen are with autonomy and choices it's a mindset game Mm -hmm. and so knowing that that's when you can get out of your reptilian brain and get into talking yourself into planning and execution it's different when you don't feel as autonomous though right
1: Well, when you don't feel autonomous, but you still feel the absolute urge or necessity to act, maybe planning and execution becomes action, right? Right. Um, Maybe there's less of a plan or or sometimes there's absolutely a grassroots plan, but um, it's action. And so I think the common thread between both is action. It's that throwing your hat over the fence and figuring out how you're going to get it later.
0: Yeah. It's, it's deciding on the outcome you want, right? And this is so ridiculous, but uh, my son was rewatching Game of Thrones this week. And there was this bit where Littlefinger is monologuing and saying, I imagine the future I want. And then every step I take, I ask myself, will it get me closer to the future I want? And while he's not the greatest character, it was a really good point. Like if you imagine the future you want, Every choice you make will either get you closer to it or farther away or keep you stuck in the middle. And so even if you don't feel autonomy, if you can look toward the future you want to have and think, what action can I take to get me closer today?
1: That gets you closer to going for it, right? It sure does. I was actually on a um, a conference call today and um, I wrote this down because I was on a conference call with an agency in, in New York City. And we were talking about um, the statement of work for a project and I said, I really want to stick to this 60 second um, timeline because I uh, even though this is quote unquote just for the web I want to make sure that if we create it for 60 that it's available for pre-rolls and for broadcast and for you know Ot you know over the tops and stuff like that. And he said, yeah I think that defining it as a 60 that that script um, discipline, will be worth it in the end. And I thought that the fact that he, like a creative, called it script discipline, I was very excited about that. I was like, absolutely, I'm done. Sign me up.
0: Yeah. He knew how to get you to the end, right? Absolutely. To the end goal and the goal that you had both envisioned, which is kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so part of that no matter what is mindset, right? Yep. A goal-oriented mindset or a change-oriented mindset. Because if you want something and you just sit around wanting it, you're not you're not going to get it.
1: <laughs> you got to do something. Right. But then you have to surround yourself with the people that are willing to go get it with you. And so whether that's your boss, your coworkers, the people that love you around you, the people who I, you know, align with your ideals, you have to like make sure that you know who the people are that surround you so that you don't allow fear to bubble up to put the lid on what the goal is.
0: When you talk about fear, my question, have you ever been afraid to ask somebody? Well, you, you talked about it earlier when you were looking at business partnership, but what does it feel like when you're afraid to ask for what you want? How do you get out of that?
1: Um, so I think early in my career, fear of asking for what I wanted meant like, like what do the re- repercussions mean? right? Once you put out there what you want from a career standpoint, what if all of a sudden that defines you? And if it's a no, you get pigeonholed in the completely opposite direction, right? Yeah. So what if that's a no, then you're closing a big door all in one conversation. So I'm lucky that that didn't happen. Um, it didn't. It didn't take just one conversation, but it did not happen. So, yeah, I think you just you have to have perseverance. Um, I think you have to have clarity, right? I think you can't just go in with verbal vomit and then say, like, oh, here's all the things. I think you have to really, truly have clarity on um, what the, your vision and, and your why.
0: I think so too. And I, I look at it um, the conversation I mentioned when John and I decided to have children, which was really generally wanting to, and him saying, we're not ready. I was 100% sold and I had conviction. And I think if you go in with conviction and you know the outcome you want, you can be very persuasive. Yeah. Which, you know, worked out for me. I was persuasive. Now we have three children. They are able to lift heavy things. So I'm happy with that. Um, Um, (laughs) They also do their own laundry. I'm,
1: I'm doing all right. They're also good humans, might I add.
0: Thank you. That's very kind. But I think if you... I, I think human human nature actually, I'm no psychologist, but human nature is if someone you care for asks you for something they want, your instinct is to give it to them. Your instinct is to say yes, I would imagine for many people, right? Um, so I think there's a little bit of the how-to is understanding most of the people who you surround yourself with, who love you and who you trust, as Karen mentioned, want to help you. So maybe when you put it out there in the universe and you ask, you might be opening a door for someone else as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know. So
1: asking to be people to join
0: you on a journey could could be everybody's journey not just yours.
1: Absolutely. I think you have to you have to make a decision to brave, to brave a path forward. You have to pave paths. Even if in the moment you're clear that you're paving your own path and you're not clear that you're paving a path for others, if it feels scary, It probably feels scary for somebody else too.
0: For sure. Because we're not all that unique, really. We all have the same tendencies.
1: We're animals. We are. And we also understand that if you're not moving forward, you're either being stagnant or you're just taking steps backwards.
0: Right. So our recommendation for everybody, whatever you want, whatever you're hoping for, whatever your big wish is, just go for it. Because there might not, you know, who knows what tomorrow will bring.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, you know, I think that the pandemic that we've been going through is um, maybe a really good, I mean, it's not behind us, right? So it's an insight into other things that are going to happen for people. People have been maybe taking time off or being laid off and thinking, is this, am I even in the career that I want? Is this what, am I actually going for the thing that I want? Or should I start going for the thing that I always dreamed of but I've settled for this other secure thing that's no longer secure, right? So I think it's maybe the pandemic is paving away way for entrepreneurs in new ways. I think maybe we're going to see some really new, cool innovations out of this.
0: I love that train of thought. And and it's interesting because, well, number one, I think it's exceptionally accurate. And number two, those of us who do enjoy plans and preparations, everyone had the rug pulled out from underneath them in some way, shape, or form. So all of the best planning and all of the best being careful did not prepare us for 2020. Nope. So if we know that we, there is no way we can prepare for the future or know what the future is going to look like, what is the barrier? What else What else could go wrong? You have no idea. So you might as well just, just do the thing.
1: Yeah. And, and do it with some, you know, market research and some business planning. But those are things that exist. Those, those resources are uh, exist for you, whether it's through a CDFI or whether it's through an SBDC. But like you have access to free resources in your community without a question, and we will link you to those things where you can explore the possibility of making a big change and throwing your hat over the fence um, and then figuring it out within resources that are available to you Um, that's possible for you. If you have an entrepreneurial heart, do that thing.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And it's funny, I was just this morning having a conversation with an an advocate friend of ours and we were joking about, well, I'm gonna roll the dice. And we said, well, when you're an entrepreneur or an advocate, you're always rolling the dice every single day, right? So the thing is, you just have to make the brave decision and move. And that doesn't mean you can't get smart. That doesn't mean you... Just make one action of deciding. You still have to persevere. You still have to work hard at it. You still have to put in the hours, but you're gonna put in hours somewhere anyway. Maybe it should be the thing that you wanna be great at. Mm, I think that's a great last word right there. That's it, man. Well, happy birthday, folks. Happy birthday, folks. Thanks for sharing a drink with us. Talk to you next time. Jen, what are we talking about next time? Many professionals are looking at their careers and re-evaluating what's important to them, asking if they're in the right field or if they want to start something new.
1: Join us next time when we ask each other those same questions. Jen, what would you do if you didn't do this?
0: Ooh, I can't wait to figure it out.
1: I know. See you next time. Cheers.